Okay, with Al Chang, Viral is the short film played at the Thriller Suspense Film Festival. Really interesting film. Obviously, you're kind of using the the technology of like what <laughs> that what your film was about. I guess it's about basically social media. It's a it's a social media thriller. Is that is it, is it fair to say that? Yes. Yes. And it's about yeah. like these these group of women. So like, so tell me about the idea. Uh, like, how did you come up with the idea for this film? Um, I think it just stems from, you know, I scroll through Instagram and Facebook and I'm always seeing everybody's reels and um, it just kind of comes from the idea that people are willing to do whatever nowadays for fame or likes or shares or, you know, that, that online clout and, um, you know, nine times out of 10, there's somebody hanging from a cliff or, you know, putting their friends in danger themselves or, you know, it's just what, what's the extent that people are willing to go to. And so then in your film, there's like a internet serial killer, I guess. Right. Right, right. That and, turns out to be more than, sure. yeah. But you you specified this group of like this certain group of of women these 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 women like why did you kind of choose this demographic for for the film? Uh, you mean the the Asian girls is the, yeah, like the Asian female young females in their twenties. Like, why did you choose that demographic? Um. It, that that was an, um, a specific choice. Uh, my thing is, I'm trying to build a community. You know, there's a lot of Asian talent out here that kind of get migrated into or pigeonholed into like certain roles. Yeah. So I want to just kind of, you know, just expand on that and, you know, just kind of help showcase more talented Asian actors if we can. So I thought this would be kind of a good way to, to you know, because anybody, I could have picked anybody, yeah. you know, it, it didn't need to be an Asian cast. Um, but I thought uh, the girls fit the role, you know, they had really good chemistry with each other. Um, yeah, so that that's where that's come from. So we're doing this podcast, like I think uh, if anybody's paying attention, like a couple of days after the the Golden Globes, the Asian, Asian uh, seems to have had a good night at the Golden Globes. You can oh yeah, that. beef. Yeah, they had a really good night. Yeah, for and sure. Some wins in front of the camera, some wins behind the camera. Yeah, yeah. I think the showrunner, the showrunner won, mm -hmm. and then the two leads won. Yeah. And I think that was the first time something like that has happened. So that was really cool. So okay, so tell me about like because uh, I'm I'm curious. I don't know if the, if you have an answer to this question. Is it is it any generation that when this this is invented that we're going to get sucked into this kind of vortex of like fame, kind of attention, kind of like taking over our lives? We always have our phone in our hand. I'm not saying it's all negative. I'm saying there obviously there's some positivity to it. But do you think it's just that they just this generation just got caught into this invention and no matter what where it was, like if it was happened during our time, we would have been sucked in as well? Uh, that's a really good question, actually. I mean, I'm, I'm 40 years old, you know, yeah. so, so I'm in my forties as well. So. I, yeah. So we grew up in a time where there was nothing and then there was too much. Yeah. Right. So we, 
we remember both. Like we remember when we were outside playing and then that all went away and kids don't really, you know, they're not out there playing till the sun goes down, the street lights come up and their mom's out there telling them to come home. And, um, and I think technology advanced so fast to the point where people weren't allowed to adapt I think they just got sucked into that vortex and now they're just trying to keep up. And then, you know, the ramifications of it is on the tail end. So I think the the reason why there's so much negativity is because honestly, people don't use it responsibly. And I think just as a society, you know, as a whole, we don't know how to use it responsibly yet even though we may feel like we do. Yeah. It's just the wild west of um, social media right now. Yeah. And and I'm not, I'm stating the obvious, but it's also, it's also putting us all in different bubbles too. Right. We're not. Yeah. Like back in the day, you you and I used to watch, say we, we remember when there was only three TV stations. Right. So. And yeah, yeah. Maybe someone was watching like the Olympics, or some someone was watching. You know, you're we're young enough to like Reagan speak or something like that. Everybody watched that, yeah. right? But no, right, now people. Right. There's now there's a thousand or even ten thousand things that ten thousand different people are watching. So we just go into our right. little bubbles, and therefore there's like there's lack of connection, I guess, lack of understanding who we are. Absolutely, yeah, and. Yeah, there there is a huge disconnect, um, but at the same time, it's like everybody online is interested in the same thing. We're yeah. all liking the same people. We're all following the same people. Um, but definitely, yeah, for <laughs> it's it's almost paradoxical, but there is a disconnect to all that connection for sure. And then, yeah, then the, the, you're kind of getting into the voyeuristic kind of aspect in your film, I guess, right? Like, yeah, because <clears throat> that's how they, that's how we are now. You know, we're watching, <clears throat> we celebrate <clears throat> these content creators more than we do celebrities. Like when we were growing up, there was legitimate celebrities, movie stars. Now you have that blue check. You got a million followers. You're a celebrity. You know, yeah. you're you're somebody that is uh, in some ways a slave to your audience because a content being a content creator versus a filmmaker, you know, a musician or something, you have to serve every single day. Yeah. You know, like if you miss a week, your your algorithm is falling off and then that's going to hit your monetary, you know, value you may lose viewers you know things like that or and i'm sure it's really stressful for daily content creators and 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 like it's but it's also a thing that doesn't it can't last doesn't last very long either right like it doesn't if you have a skill set like you said like a musician or like you're you have a skill set so that skill set can take you a long distance but if you're a content creator you probably have a good three four years and then you're done Right. I mean, you know, and I honestly believe that you can run creativity dry. You know, it it needs time to breathe and grow. And 
watching content creators just constantly try and figure out something on a day-to-day basis is exhausting. Like I, I can't imagine how much they're thinking about stuff on a day-to-day to release tomorrow. You know? And then so. I'm, I'm guilty of it too. What I do is that you can, but you can see what people are reacting to and what people are not yeah, in yeah. terms of their view of the views you get. Right. So. Yeah. And then you want to, you want to feed off of that, those, those big views and kind of keep yeah, doing that kind of the same thing, I guess. Right. Yeah. So that's for, you know, cause there is a lot of good content. out Don't get me wrong. Like social media isn't all bad. Yeah. You know, just some people use it in a very negative way. Uh, um, use their influence in negative ways, but you know, social media, we're in an age where I can connect with anybody around the world, anytime, you know, I, I can hear their thoughts. I can see their life. Um, and there's a lot of content that ultimately gets buried because there's so much nonsense out there too. You know, like I love listening to podcasts. I love, um, I love that podcaster visual now too. Yeah. Yeah. So no, you know, no like I understand it, what you're it, saying. Okay, so let's talk yeah. about the making of your film. When did you kind of like yes. start writing the, the script, the actual script? It's like when you're when you're writing it, did you know that you're you're gonna make this this is gonna be made into a film? Like you're kind of you're kind of writing it knowing that this, you're gonna direct it as well, I'm assuming. Yes. Um, so I that viral is my third short film. And uh, every time I'm working on one i'm thinking of the next one so i don't lose that momentum um of shooting and writing editing (laughs) recycle yeah um so we're yeah so viral um i was already thinking it up when i was finishing my second short and then right when i was done editing with my second short we got ready to shoot viral so um, it's just kind of a constant motion of projects. Gotcha. Yeah. And in, in terms the, of the cast, where did you get, who did you, how did you get the cast? The cast, uh, I used breakdown and backstage, the usual casting sites. Uh, Facebook helped a lot just to just get the word out there. And I was able to, you know, a lot of people submitted for the role. So it kind of made it a little bit easier to find exactly what I was looking for. So you um, use social media to make a movie about social media. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and using it to get it out there. <laughs> and then, so you never, you haven't worked with these act- actors before you just met You just worked with the first time on this film. Yeah. It's the very mm-hmm. first time, but we're actually, you know, we we became good friends and now we're, going into this next one together so a lot of the cast is coming back for my fourth one and what do you can i can you share what that one's about yeah the fourth one uh, is going to be a psychological drama and it deals with um not to give too much away but it's uh it's about alzheimer's okay and uh, we're I'm approaching it from uh, 
a perspective of what it might feel like to have Alzheimer's on a day to day and what they might be going through because we don't know, you know, like they, they can only describe it so much, but um, my great grandmother had Alzheimer's and I saw what she would go through on a day to day. And it made absolutely no sense to me because she would have full on conversations with people that weren't there, but it was coherent conversations, you know, um, things like that. So I'm, I'm kind of loosely basing it on her. So do you so. use the same crew on your films there? Or like same DP? Same yeah. Same crew. Yes. Yes. That, that's <laughs> something that when I first started out was really important to me to build that team, um, to have that familiarity with each other and then kind of grow from, you know, one project to the next. And it, it's, it's helped out a lot for sure to have the and, same people come back. Yeah. hundred percent. And in terms of, um, in terms of the editing process, the post-production uh, and sound, how do you do that? Uh, so I, I edit too. <laughs> I I'm, started out as an editor. Say that again? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh yeah. I started out as an editor. Um, I've always wanted to write and direct. Uh, COVID really messed things up. So coming out of COVID, <laughs> I just, you know, really had a fire under me to get things done. Uh, so directing and writing just came out of necessity from needing things to edit. Um, but editing is kind of my strong suit and it doesn't take me long after each project to really wrap things up, maybe a week or two, I'll have the first cut and then kind of fine tune it and then get it scored. And, uh, I do all the, uh, the sound and then I have a friend who mixes it down and then we're usually done around like two, three months. Oh, wow. Okay. Everything out the door. So how's the film doing on the festival circuit? It's actually doing really well. Um, <clears throat> we, we've gotten into a lot of really cool festivals, both uh, in-person screenings and online. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's been, we've been very fortunate <laughs> uh, the way it's been received so far. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I think what we were talking about the thematics before, it's it's touching uh it's touching on something that that people are thinking about, right? So your film. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's you know, like I didn't set out to be like, hey, here's a message, you know, because I'm not I'm not a fan of movies that just kind of like spoon feed things sure. to the audience. Um I just wanted to make a film and touch on uh, you know, it, it was more from what if someone used social media this way, you know, could it be possible? And that was just, that was really the root of the thought. And then to see it, um, you know, whoever watches it takes away a different feeling or meaning from it. Um, but, uh, to have that idea that somebody can do these horrible things online and get away with it was definitely 
something I wanted to explore. So we, we sent the audience to you. What did you think about what our audience had to say in the feedback video? Oh man, we, <laughs> I, I showed it to everybody, the, the cast and crew, they were blown away by how, you know, how thoughtful the feedback was. Uh, they they really went into detail. And those are the things, you know, whether it's good or bad feedback, I welcome it all because that's the only way we're going to grow um, for me and the cast and crew. Um, but it was mostly, if not all, good things to say. What they enjoyed, you know, things they were not expecting, uh, the twists and turns. So it was it, it was very helpful and insightful to hear that feedback so thank you guys for that no no problem people seem to really take me taken yeah. by your film so i'm glad you enjoyed it no yeah absolutely so okay so uh you it's according to your bio it says that you spent a decade in the military i i've i've yes. talked to probably maybe a dozen people filmmakers like yourself who who kind of come out of the military and become a filmmaker why do you think that that's a, uh, why do you yeah. think that's common? Why do you think that's a common thing? Um, I don't, I don't know that uh, that's really cool that you've met so many people that came out of the military. I'm actually in film school still right now. And there are a few guys in there that, yeah. you know, had the same ideas I did. Um, I think for me, I think one of the things that work coming out of the military and into the film world is, there's a huge similarity to the hierarchy system. You know, there, <laughs> there is the bottom grunt, the PA, you know what I mean? Like there's the PA and then you have the first AD and then you have all these people in between who are filling their roles and it's yeah. all up the chain, you know? So I think that system is very familiar and welcoming when you come out of the military because you are still, you know, it, it's a very systematic world uh, in a filmmaking world. That and I don't know, maybe I, I know some guys who are <clears throat> that do like a lot of below the line work. And, you know, when you're in the military, you do a lot of hard labor. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of easy to just fit yourself into. If you found your way into that kind of, you know, gaffing or whatever it is, G&E. You know, so and you're used to yeah, long I think, days, yeah. I guess, right? Long, long days, a lot, lot of hurry up and wait. Yeah, you know, yeah, long days. So that's nothing new to any of the military guys. You know, twelve hour days, sitting around, and then hurry up, get up. We got to do this for an hour, and then everyone's just kind of mo You know, so I guess that's where the similarities are. But also, like from a creative standpoint, I'm assuming you got something to say. Like you've you've experienced the world, you've seen the world from a unique perspective. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely for sure. Um, if you've been in the military for a long time, you've met everybody from every corner of the U.S., if not the world. Um, if you traveled, uh, got deployed, things like that. Um, being in the military life you get to meet a lot of people that you would never meet in the civilian world because it is a very grandfathered tradition. So you have a lot of people who are, 
you know, that's that's all they know. Yeah. All the way down from <laughs> the Civil War, if anything. You know, they're just... Oh, you mean the generations, the like the family generations? Yeah, gener- right. So, you know, for for me, I joined the military late, so it wasn't like that's all I knew. Yeah. I was just an outsider coming in, and then I left, you know. It, but for other guys, like, their great-grandfather was in the Army. They only talk military in the family. Then their grandfather, father, them, you know, so it's like all they know. So they refer to people outside as civilians, which is a weird way to look at the world, too. So, yeah, and and that's uh, yeah, really interesting. But you get a free education too, I guess, right? That's that was my whole point of going. Is uh, in two thousand eight, I got laid off when the recession hit, and luckily, I had a friend who was an army recruiter, and he just kind of gave it to me straight and said it would probably be more beneficial than anything. I just had my first kid. So that's, I've been going to school since I got out. Uh, I've been in film school for the last six years. I got my AA in film, BA in film, and I'm getting my MFA in film right now all, all on military time. So you're going to Chapman? It's, it's worked out. I'm going to Chapman. Yes. And so you, but you have, you, you have four kids, correct? Yes, I have four kids. <laughs> yeah. So, but you, so you get a free education, but then like, but you got paid, I guess, when you were in the military, like so. Yeah. So how my uh, school benefits work, going to school is actually my job. Yeah. Gotcha. So as long as I'm in school, I get a living expense. Okay. But it's yeah. going to have to end so, eventually, right? Or unless you go get your doctor. Yeah, it'll end when I have to. No, yeah, they don't have a. There's no doctor for Phil. So <laughs> I've looked. I've looked into it too. But, um, yeah. Once once uh, MFA is the furthest I'll go. Yeah. So once that ends, I got to get a job. <laughs> so why did you leave? Like like the ten years was enough for the military? Like 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 is that why you left? Like enough is enough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a means to an end for sure. When I first started, it was more for the benefits to go to school and pursue what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, that and my body just couldn't keep up anymore. I joined the military when I was 28 and it put me through the ringer. You know, like I, I was running with all these young kids who are like 18 19 and my body just couldn't keep up after a while i'm all sorts of messed up now <laughs> oh really yeah i'm actually a, a disabled veteran oh so sorry to hear it yeah no no that's good i just i can't run anymore i have these like really bad bone spurs from running so much a lot of hard impact stuff. My knees are affected by that, but yeah. So you're just, you're making, you're just keep plugging away. You're making movies. Like what's your, what's your ultimate goal? I'm assuming you want to make a feature or two. Yes, that's, that is the ultimate goal. Um, what I'm trying to do right now while I have the opportunity is with each short, I'm trying to do a different genre. 
which in turn helps me learn different forms of filmmaking okay because a different genre requires a completely different set of skills you know that's why even in the industry you only have you know you have directors who will only focus on horror or dark comedy or whatever it is whatever their yeah. niche is um more for me i'm not doing that because i like one genre more than the next i'm doing it because uh it's like the ultimate master class you know you can only i've taken film classes film study classes for so long you can only talk about theory for so much you know it has to be put into practice and so far that theory of tackling different genres has really uh helped me level up in different areas of storytelling gotcha um yeah so ultimately yeah feature you know what hopefully what i'm doing is preparing me to tackle a feature in the future yeah well congratulations on the film i appreciate your candor and in, in, in discussing everything and uh Let's talk no, again. Thank you. Make your next film, and it seems like you're going to make one quick. Absolutely, yeah. I'm I'm going to submit it, so it, it should be <laughs> uh, submitted in like the next three months. As you, you'll see it pop up. So yeah. hopefully, we can talk then. Yeah. Well, good luck with everything, man. I appreciate uh, the talk and the film. It's uh, yeah, like you said, you're touching on certain subjects, and you have a point of view. That's that's what a filmmaker needs. And then the rest kind of uh, awesome. Thank the rest you. Can kind of puts it comes together after you have your point of view. Right, right. All right. Thank man. you for your time. Thank you. One, two, three, four, five, six.